So, you know, think about what legacy means to you, leaving a legacy, coming to church, being a part of legacy. And uh, so let me, uh, let me get my notes over here. I ran up here so excited today. But um, so I've been here 10 years this year. And uh, yeah, glory to God, huh? And uh, we changed the name to Legacy Church about a year and three months or so or after we came. So we're stepping into the 10th year next year. And uh, uh, Brad came and gave me a, a, a word on the number 10. Will you come on up and share it with us, brother? Good morning. I appreciate Pastor letting me share this. I don't share everything I get or you'd be really bored. <laughs> I just uh, really felt like this was an important time. It's pretty amazing that we're going into the 10th year and the 10th month. Mm -hmm. And on the Jewish calendar, I'm going to talk a lot about Jewish calendar. But this is the new year. We're actually in the new year. So we're not, uh, even though this is the ninth year, we're stepping into the 10th year. So the number, the number 10 means perfect order. It also means there's a new sheriff in town. I put stepping into the tenth year is is in the tenth month is important. Taking new ground, Pastor and Pastor Lisa stepping into new assignments, greater unity, stronger families, and birthing of worship and praise songs being birthed and written out of his house. Mm. And for the scriptures I've got, if you need scriptures, Isaiah 54 talks about spreading your tent, increasing the area of your influence. Ephesians 4 and 11 through 16 talks about being built upon the apostles and the prophets and the fivefold ministry gift being restored to the body of Christ. So I'm excited about what God's going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say something to you and Pastor Lisa. Mm -hmm. I, when I was praying about this, the Lord wouldn't give me a time frame. You know, I said, what's the next 10 years? So I'm like, I'm, I'm, this ain't about the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is about the next generation, mm -hmm. the next generations. Mm -hmm. And I want to declare something over you and Pastor Lisa, that all the dirt and all the troubles and all the challenges from the last 10 years, the Lord is washing you all. And you're going to be able to run without the weights and out the burdens of the past 10 years. And the good thing about this is we all, if this church is going to go to the next level, we all have to step up and be activated in our membership ministry. We didn't just join the church to sit in the seat. We joined the church to be activated in what God has got in each one of us. Mm -hmm. So I want to encourage you, those numbers that were on the mm -hmm. screen, they should double and Amen. triple next year because everybody is being activated and moving. And the way we go to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven services <laughs> is that we all step up to the plate. Now, you're going to get around me, and I'm not going to be a present thinker. I'm a guy that sees down the road. And we all need somebody in our lives that sees down the road. Amen. I, I appreciate you and Pastor Lisa mm -hmm. for the opportunity to, to be able to be in the place that I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to be here, but God <laughs> wanted me to be here. So bless Amen. you. Amen. Love, love you, brother. Appreciate you. So that, that is what we're talking about today. It really is how we find our place and who we are in Christ Jesus.
How do you get this resurrection life stirred up on the inside of you? Because it's more than just to quicken your mortal body and make you well and whole. You're supposed to take it and deposit it into somebody else. And you do it with words. You do it with prayer. You do it with laying of hands. You do it with just being around people. You know, it ought to be that people say, what do you got? What is it that you have? It ought to be exuding out of you. Anybody know who uh, Roy Clark is? Phenomenal guitar player, banjo player. His wife went to a revival meeting. And for three or four days, he was on the road. She came home, cleaned the house, and here comes Roy Clark in the house. She runs up to him to hug him, and he goes, whoa, wait a minute. What is that on you? What is that on you? It was the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was on her. We need to be believing and asking for the Spirit of God to be on us greater, in a greater measure. Amen? Come on, if you just, it's a say old me if you can't say amen. But uh, real quick, I just want to roll through something that he said, but there ought to be some things in the church, and this is what my desire for our church to be. We believe that there ought to be gifts to the church, gifts through the church, gifts in the church, and gifts of the church. Okay, so I'm going to talk real quick because we've got beignets to eat today. What is that? That's a Cajun donut. We've got Italian ice after church. You're just going to have fun today. And uh, excited about Louisiana Grill and uh, uh, Sunset Slush from the Rock House Marina. They're, they, they bring in slushies and beignets today. But the gifts to the church is Ephesians 4, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. The church I grew up in that was a pastor and had somebody bringing in the sheaves. And every now and then an evangelist would come in, but they didn't believe in apostles. They didn't believe in prophets. But they're there. They're in the Bible. And the, the first 12 weren't the only apostles. Apostle is, is a sent one to change atmosphere, change attitude, change culture in a city, in a region. Best examples of missionary, they go to change Africa. We, we support several that go to Africa. But they want to change and bring Jesus. But you've got prophets, prophetic. We believe in the prophetic. And so there are gifts to the church. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, there are gifts through the church. The nine gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Then there are gifts in the church. The gifts in the church, there's ministry, what we're doing today. There's teachings, what we do in life groups. But there's also administration, organizing everything. There's prophecy, exhortation, generosity. Who, anybody got the gift of generosity? I don't see any hands. Anybody want the gift of generosity? You should have the gift of You know God's generous? Ooh, grace and mercy define generous. God is generous with his love. He's generous with his kindness. He's generous. We think generosity. We go, cha-ching, money. It's more than money. Amen. It's your heart. It's your heart. God wants you to have a generous heart. And yes, it does include money. Oh, but Lord, don't ask me to give $100 today. He won't because you don't, you don't. He says he wants you to give out of a cheerful heart. I'm not talking about generous, but it's a gift. And leadership. Come on, leaders in here, mercy. Church ought to be full of mercy. Well, the last sermon, you know, those that are damned, are we going to show mercy to them? 
All right, let's just dig in. Look at your sermon notes. Well, they're a gift of. Let me finish this. The gift of. Jesus is the head of the church. Gifts of the church. Jesus is the head of the church, and we are the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ. And that includes you're in family. We're also in family with the church across town. We're in family with every believer. If you believe in Jesus, you belong with me. Okay? Now, I'm going to push you today because I want you to be more than just a believer. We've got to be more than a believer. God wants us to be a doer. God wants to empower you to do. Come on. He wants to empower that smile. Get that tooth out. Work on that smile. Smile at somebody. Even if you don't. Somebody said, I don't have any teeth, Pastor. Call me out on that joke. That was about two years ago. I said, smile anyway. God loves people through you. God can love people through you. So it don't matter. Let's look at, uh, look at uh, your, your sheet. We're going to talk about vision real quick. What we want to see for our church, what we see. Vision is what you see. What you see. And so the vision for Legacy Church, our vision is to see people become completely committed followers of Christ. What in the world does that mean, to be a completely committed follower of Christ? My wife was explaining to somebody, one of my, uh, uh, follow me camera, I'm going way off. And uh, my wife was explaining that salvation, is, this is what I did, salvation is a door. And so when Jesus said, I'm the doorway, he said, seek, you'll find me. And so you come through the darkness over here, and you get to the door where Jesus is at, and you open that door, and man, it's bright, and then, oh, man, I believe in you, Jesus. But what happens is people stand in the doorway, and they look over there, and they never become a completely follower of Christ because they can see the gifts of the Spirit, and they can see that God wants me to love people. But wait a minute, I got to hang on to the door. I just, and then the, they just hung up in the doorway. They're saved but they never do anything. They never step into their calling. They never step into the commitment that God has for them, the place that God has for them, the purpose that God has for them. You've got to step on out there. It's a whole world in this salvation thing. God has got gifts and abilities and fun. Fun. Well, it looks scary. I have to hug somebody that smells bad. Yeah, that's your kids. Y'all don't think about that. You know, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Them, the rascals had regular, they didn't have diapers. They stunk. I mean, I got three grandsons. They run outside and come back in. Y'all get back outside. Y'all stink. But people stink. Kids stink. But Jesus didn't care. I don't care either. I don't care about your past. I don't care about who you are, where you've been. But I do care that you change and that you go through that door. You see, I was hung up in that door for a long time. And all I did was all I was taught to do was rededicate, 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 and rededicate, and rededicate. And all I did during the week was, oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. I never knew I had this resurrection power. I never knew I had the power available to me that I could keep myself from sinning and I could serve. God wants me to serve people and love on people and be different. He wants me to be like him. He says, come out from among them, be ye separate, be ye holy. But we want to have one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. 
This is how that looks. It's not natural. Ooh, that's a little better right there, but here we go again. This is not natural. Have one foot in the world and one foot in the doorway. This is where people want to live. And they want to argue and cuss somebody out, and then they want to stay they saved too. Jesus said, sweet water, bitter water ought not be in the same pool. Come out of that bitter pool, and let's walk with God. Amen? So that's our vision for you. Uh, uh, our vision is, let me ask you this. If Jesus were to sit down with you right now and have a defining relationship conversation, help us, Lord, how would you respond? Are you truly a follower or are you just a fan? Because, you know, here's the fans yesterday. Go football team. But they ain't on the field. Go past Brett. I know, and that's fine. Go Cody. Y'all doing good. Has anybody got any good water they can bring me a cup of coffee or something? Just saying, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to pull you up and say it's time to do something. God's called you to be a, tr a follower. God's called you to, to step in and get a fire in your belly to do something for the kingdom of God. And, and for some, it's easy to go, whoo, how you doing, man? Good to see you today. Good to see you today. Because that's just your nature. That's a gift. Some of you like, yeah. I, when I was in, a, in sales, uh, I always said there are people who work behind the table and then me, I'm out here in front of the table. How y'all doing? Come on in here. Let me show you what we got. These radios will work and they last and they do good. And my other salesmen are back here behind the table like, don't let them come over here and talk to me because I don't know what to say. And I had one, I said, I was training him. I said, you understand what I'm talking about? And he goes, no. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, you know, we're not just fans. Uh, uh, not just a fan, but we are, uh, we follow Jesus and, and we're where he is at. You know, he said, I never leave you nor forsake you, but I'm fixing to read the scripture and I want to show it to you. But it, this is, this is uh, how you know uh, that you're uh, completely committed. In John 14, 23 and 24, Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Everybody say, keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So a believer, a fully devoted follower of Christ keeps the word. Okay, we're word people here. What, you, what do you think, Pastor Brett? What I think is, and $3 will get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's, but, used to say 50 cents, but it's not what I believe, it's what the Word of God says. Amen, amen. I have to give you what the Word of God says, and I may not like it either, but it's what the Word says is how we're supposed to respond. And, and then in John 12, 26, it says, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. You know, he said he didn't want to come to this church. His wife said, we must have been here a year ago. He goes, I didn't want to come. But God changed him. God said, he, God said I, if you want to serve me, you follow me. You know what? I'd never even been to Virginia before I came here. 
God sends you and God's, God will select you. God will put you in a church. And if this is not your church, bless God, go get in the church where God's called you to. But there is a place for you here. And if you're called here, come on and get in because there are others coming. And we need help. The, we believe that there's going to be a latter rain, a, not just a, the former rain, the Old Testament move of the Holy Spirit and a New Testament move of the Holy Spirit. It's coming in the last days. Can you disciple somebody? Can you disciple 10 people? Come on. It's time to start thinking out of the, you know what? God wants me to do more. I need to study. I need to know what the Word says. Start in the book of John. Start in the book of John and go it. Now, this is, this is our scripture. Legacy Church, this is our ch- scripture. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. And the Lord said, this is, this is your scripture. This is your church. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You ever met somebody that was just scornful? Ah. Man, that's a bad attitude. God hadn't called you to have a bad attitude. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's his word. And, he, and in his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. We're the tree. The Lord said, we're the tree planted by the rivers of living water. Come on, that's the Spirit of God. We're planted in the Spirit of God, and God wants to move. And you know what? He wants you to sit on the limbs. He wants you to come and bear fruit and pull people up into the tree. He wants us to be a tree that's fruitful, a tree that, that's getting people saved, healed, delivered, discipled, empowered, and serving. I said saved, healed, delivered, empowered, discipled, and serving. You need to be a disciple. Man, if I gave you a brand new pickup truck that have every bell and whistle on it, wouldn't you like, you know what? I need to know how that works. You sit there and you fiddle with the radio and you got, I got satellite radio, I got FM. No, oh, man, they don't put CDs hardly in anymore, but they, you know, if you had a CD, you'd have everything. This is where I connect my iPhone. Look what the, all these options I've got. Get in your Bible and look at all the options that you have in the kingdom of God. We do things on our own strength and by our own might, but God has called us to walk in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our counselor. He's our guide. He's our comfort. He's our helper. He's with us. You know, I've backed up going before I go into a meeting, and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, I don't know what they're going to ask me, but you know the answer. And I've been doing this long enough. You help me to answer correctly, and you show me, and you guide me, and I'm just talking about business. But also do the same thing when I'm walking into your hospital room. All right, Holy Spirit, show me how to pray. Tell me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Do you know he'll show you things? The Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, and he's come already, he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. So start asking him, what's going to happen tomorrow? Is there anything I need to avoid? Is there a pothole that I need to go around? Pothole, anybody ever know I'm talking about a pothole of life? Man, oh man. Ask him before you get on the interstate, is it going to be backed up at Marion? Do I need to get on on Highway 11? We don't think about it. We just go down, oh, it's slowing down. Golly, I can't believe these people driving like this. We just backed up. Why didn't you ask the Holy Spirit before? And now I'm going to even help you worse. You get this app and you can see if it's red. It's called a maps on your phone. 
But we don't think ahead. We react. Come on, God's calling us to think ahead. God's calling us not to react. See, see if you follow sports, I'm, I give a lot of uh, sport. A, a, a good offense will beat a good defense every time. Because the defense is trying to figure out what you do. The devil's trying to figure out what you're doing. Be offensive. Don't be reactive to him. Oh, I need to pray for y'all, y'all. Oh, I need to do this. Uh, uh, I, I need to pray. Be ready. Bind him. Loose angels before the day. All week, angels are following me this week. God preparing the way. He said, I'll prepare the way for you. Start asking him. Lord, is there, do I need to even avoid this? Can I, do I need to avoid that? Do I need to eat this? Do I need to eat that? I'm not talking about being healthy. I'm just talking about don't go to that restaurant. And you better bless the food. My pastor used to say, even the hogs grunt a little bit before they get slopped. It's time to pray. So, listen, listen, listen. Some of you are sitting here and say, you know what? I, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm, I'm so underwater. I can't help anybody. Then it's time to get on top. I've been there. I've sold my best deer rifle to pay bills. I've done this to pay bills. I've done that to pay bills. But you know what? I got in God's kingdom and God's finances. And he wants me to have a storehouse. You know, people say, well, I don't believe that prosperity stuff. You ain't reading the Bible. God wants you blessed, but you have to do things. You can't eat your seed. You got to be able to give. You got to plant. You got to give. You got to store up instead of, well, I'm just going to get, I'm not going to get a candy bar. I'm going to get 10 of them. Well, there went your seed. There went your storehouse. You could have put that in the bank. Just saying. Okay, I'm, I'm not meddling. I'm, 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 I'm encouraging. Because I needed encouraging. Number two, let's talk about our mission. God wants you equipped. God wants you blessed to do the mission. Blessed to do the mission. You can't do the mission unless you're blessed. So that's our purpose. When you become a fully devoted follower of Christ, you get blessed. And if you're not, you, you, I've seen people follow in finances but not, not seek God in healing. And they fight in sickness all the time, all the time. You know, when, when my, uh, our daughter was, was little over here, Brittany was little, uh, we went to a, a pediatrician, and that pediatrician drove a, a BMW. And I said, look at that boy. He's making some money. And you know who he's making money on? Well, some of my family members who didn't stand in faith, who didn't declare the word over their children. Who didn't stand in the gap because the word works, the word of God. If you, Jesus said, if you follow me, you'll do my word. I did the word over my children. They were always behind getting their shots. They both did because we didn't have to go to the doctor. Because you go to the doctor and remind, oh, well, see, next month your shots are coming in. We go ahead and sign you up. You know, my, my son was so mad when he went off to Bible school, they wanted him to get all the shots updated. And he was behind. Not that we, he just wasn't sick much. We need to get in faith. And believe God. Jesus bore our sickness and infirmities. Then start with the little things. Colds. How many of y'all got? <clears throat> I'm going to give you an example. Whew, my throat's sore. My throat's getting sore. Oh, I bet I'm going to get a cold. I, I just feel it coming on. How about you quit that? You know what? Sore throat, you don't need to stay here in the name of Jesus. You got to leave my body. 
Come on, Jesus, Matthew 8, 17, bore my sickness and infirmities. First Peter 2, with his stripes I'm the healed. I speak healing over me. Jesus bore it. Isaiah 53. This you say, oh, you're crazy, Pastor. You're crazy. No, if God can save you, God can heal you. If God can save you, he can deliver you. He can set you free from drugs, alcohol. Hey, so let's, so let's do something right quick. If you've ever been healed in church here today, will you lift your hand? Look around the room. God has healed you before. That's, is he there? And so, so, so that's just, that's the beginning. That's, that's one of the nine gifts, healings. I want to get to miracles. We've had some miracles. But just living by the word, God will heal you. God will change your thinking. God will bring you peace. God will help you sleep. Just getting in the word. Just, just believing God. Uh, so our mission is to make disciples. Let's just read Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go make the disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the things which I command you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That's for everybody. You know, I brought up evangelist. Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. He said, you're not an evangelist. Timothy was actually a pastor, but he said, do the work of an evangelist. Stir people up to get people saved. Do the work of an evangelist. In Matthew 4, 8, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and they were casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. When is the last time, the last three sermons, go back and listen to them. It's stirring us up to be a soul winner. It's stirring us up to stand in the gap. It's stirring us up. When is the last time you've prayed for somebody to be saved? From your bedroom, from your kitchen, from your car. When's the last time you asked God, put me in somebody's path that needs Jesus? When's the last time you asked God for that? That is our mission. It's not just legacies. It's every believer's mission. That's why I made it so, I, I said, well, you know, you can go, you go and read these church missions and they're just all over the place. Forget it. Go make disciples. Go get somebody saved and then disciple them. Text them every day with a scripture. Encourage them to live for Jesus. When's the last time you asked God to do that? God's asking you to do that. I, I'm going to find something that I want to read right quick. And... Um, I want to show you something just for a second. Some of you need to hear this. Well, here we go. So, how powerful is reading your Bible? We need to be Bible readers. Amen. We need to read the Bible. If you start reading your Bibles, I'm going to just give you a break. If you read your Bibles four days a week, there's seven days in a week. If you can read them four days a week, you really need to do seven. But four days, not one, not two, not three. But when people start, they average four times a week. 
there's 30% less lonely. Yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's really great if you're lonely. 32% less angry. Anger starts leaving them because they read the Word of God. What? There's power in the Word. It's living. It's alive. It's not a history book. It's a living book backed by the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus. Every promise in the Bible is true, and it's backed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus' life backed every promise, and the Holy Spirit does too. Bitterness. 40% of people will be less bitter if they would read their Bible four days a week. That's strange. And I ain't into percentages, but y'all have been on the last month and a half, haven't I? 47% of people quit being an alcoholic if they read their Bible four times a week. There is power in the Word of God. If you feel spiritual stagnant today, get in the Word. 60% of people, spiritual, being spiritually stagnant leaves them. And here's a, here's a big one. 61% of people who read their Bible four times a day, 61% of men and women quit watching porn. Wow. That means they were a believer. They wouldn't have been reading the Bible, but they're watching porn. Let's just kind of go over there. You know, you need to be free of that stuff. That is nothing but a lie. Not even real. 61%. If you'll read your Bible, say, I'm going to read my Bible. Four times a week. I'm giving you a break. I'm three, you know, you can watch football on Saturday. But you need to be in your Bible Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. And actually, this don't count. It's a personal relationship with God. That's how you build that person. How do you know God? As you spend time in his word, you talk to him. You find out who he is. You hear all this religious stuff about God. God's going to get you. Where can you go that God is not going to get you? Where can you hide? God would have already got you if he's going to get you. And he would have got the preacher saying that he's going to get you. Because that sucker ain't perfect either. He's just preaching fear to you to try to make you repent and come down and wear out your rededicator again. Come on down and rededicate because God's going to get you if you don't. God would have already got you. God loves you. And God wants you to change. And he wants to empower you to live for him. He wants to give that. He wants that resurrection life of Jesus on the inside of you to stir up in you. And you to serve him and not serve yourself. I, I'm, I'm, I say it. I say it. I say it. The best words is five words or what does the word say? Come on. Hold it up. Five words. What does the word say? The worst ten words is I just want to do what I want to do. Eh, wrong question. We're going to do what the Word says. And we're going to be blessed because of it. And we're going to smile because it's wonderful doing what the Word says. It's wonderful. Well, I found out doing it my way don't work. I was a proud punk one time. You need to go fill out an application and you need to go give it to that man. That man to help you get on. Who is that man? If I can't get it because of me, I don't want it. And the Lord reminded me of that a long, you know, you know what? You're proud. Mm-hmm. Ask God to reveal things to you. So, so, so our purpose, our purpose, 
We have a, a mission. We have a purpose. Our purpose is to help people believe in Jesus, belong to family, become equipped, and build God's kingdom. It's to help people believe in Jesus, belong to family, become equipped, and build God's kingdom. And how do we do that? We have a strategy. You know, God will give you a strategy to take a city. God will give you a strategy to grow a church, to, to grow people in a church. Because it's not really just about numbers. It's about people. Numbers do represent people. But God wants you to change. He wants you to be like him. He wants you to come into his family. He wants you to come be a part. He wants to stir some things into you. He wants you to be a family. He wants you to be, and so how do we do that? We fulfill our vision, our mission, and our purpose through our Sunday services to help people believe in Jesus in a greater measure. God wants you to believe in him in a greater measure. That's, our, that's why we're here. This is our rally. Hallelujah, we sing, we shout, we rejoice, we smile. With Baptist preacher on the front right here yelling at everybody. <laughs> Jumping up and down, we're going to have a good time today. And, and, and so this is our rally call to get fired up to make it through Monday, to make it through Tuesday, to make it through Wednesday. This is our rally call to believe in Jesus in a greater measure. The second thing we do is growth tracks. We pull people in. We tell them who we are as a church, what we are about, what we believe. Come and be a part of the family. Come and get in. Help, help us. Help us. Family. You know, I'm part of family. I have a natural family. My, my dad went to be with Jesus about seven years ago, but I still have a mom. And, and uh, I, I, Patrick went down to visit her, her and Brittany, or him and Brittany, excuse me, her and Brittany. And uh, she put him to work. And that what mama's supposed to do, fix my sink, fix my shower, do this and that. And they did it without pay. They did it because they love family. You know what? We do a lot of things in our church because of family. Amen. You're getting a free snow cone today and a beignet because you're family. <laughs> Patrick's. <laughs> That's Patrick back there hiding. Anyway, but because we do, but we do other things. We help people and we're blessed because we're family. Amen. And so well, other thing we do to fulfill our mission is life groups. Uh, get in a life group. Become equipped. Know, know who Jesus is. Learn about Jesus. Learn about your place in Christ. Learn about the Word of God and how to walk and, and how to learn how to pray, how to believe, how to believe for greater. You might ever heard the Scripture that God said He'll give you the desires of your heart. How in the world do you get the desires of your heart? It just don't happen. No, you got a faith is like a rope. Oh, I, I, Lord, I, is that for me? Because I sure like that. I don't see in your word that I'm supposed to marry the, Lisa. But, uh, whoo! That was 40 years ago this, this past September. And, uh, and I, I would like to say I roped her in, but she wrote me in. I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, the last one is L-teams, is we build God's kingdom with L-teams, give you an opportunity to serve. To, and we do things in the park, we do things, but we do L-teams, we, we give, we bless, but you get to serve here in the church, you uh, usher, greeter, security, EMT, whatever it might be. Everybody has a place and everybody can serve. And then 
Do you know that that's how you launch out in ministry? Any of you who feel like you're called to ministry, serve. Serve. I, I saw too much junk in church as a kid, and I said, no. Nope. But I joined the church. I said, you know what? I do whatever y'all want me to do. I serve. I, I put carpet down. I painted rooms. And, and the person doing the children's thing, I, I, all right, I do the children. I, I help. I, I do the children. And, uh, you know, and so I taught kids, and then the youth pastor left. And I said, okay, I'll do youth. I've got somebody to take my place. And I started working with the youth, and the worship leader left. So I started doing worship. I did worship youth and, and just, just serving and serving and serving. And then the pastor said, you want to preach? I said, no, really? And said, come on, I want you to preach one Sunday. And I was preaching once a month when I left. I'm like, it's, it's too much. But he was pushing me because I was a server. Serve. Learn to serve. Not because, well, maybe will somebody see me. God sees because I can give you a story after this evangelist, became, he started cleaning the church because everybody was talking about the cobwebs. So he came in, church was open back in those days, and got something big and took all the cobwebs down. Who cleaned the church? And he didn't tell anybody. Then he painted the, the, the nursery room, and he did this and that. And then the pastor said, you know what, will you teach on a Sunday night? And it just grew until he became a traveling evangelist. Serve. Learn to serve. Be a servant. I'm not saying you're called to be a traveling evangelist. I'm saying your life will change and you'll be blessed because you're not just thinking about you. Most people who kill themselves are lonely and sit around. I got a place for you to serve if you're concerned about killing yourself. Get in here and serve because you ain't got time. Follow me around about 10 minutes. You ain't got time to think about yourself. Come on, because we want to build the kingdom of God. I want to build the kingdom of God in you and every child back in that back right there. They need Jesus, and they need Jesus at an early age. That's why Jesus said, Sup the little children come to me. Before they get full of junk, they can get saved, and their lives can change, and they don't ever have to drift. Every baby, every two- to three-year-old, four- and five-year-old, first through seventh grade, all the, the, the uh, high schoolers that are in here and junior hires, we want their lives touched and changed. Amen? And so come be a part. Come serve. That's, that's who we are. Let's look at our core values real quick. On the wall outside, we, we wrestled over core values uh, about three years ago. And, and just, when I think as a staff, we spent like six hours. I like this. I like that. I like this. I like that. But look at them. Jesus is our example. Want to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? We need to bring that back, don't we? Love is our foundation. God is love, not God does love. God is love. God is love. That, therefore, if God is on the inside of us, then we are love. Start acting like it. Faith is our response. Oh, pastor, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to believe God is what we're going to do. We are going to believe God is what we're going to do. That's our response. Family is our culture. If you walk in here and you felt loved when you came through the doors and into the foyer, it's because family's our culture. We love people, we love God, and we love you, and we want everybody to be in the family. Worship is our passion. Come on, we worship God, and he inhabits the praises of his people. The people that raise their hand while they got healed is because the presence of God was in the room and to do a work in their life. 
And, and so we, we worship with a passion. It is our passion. Discipleship is our mission. We've already went over that. Go make disciples. The Holy Spirit is our guide. I've talked about him through him. It's not a he. It's not an it. It's, it's he's a he, the Holy Spirit. When he comes, Jesus said. Serving is our privilege. You don't, we don't make anybody serve. We get to serve. Amen. Come on, I, I got to serve. I got to do kids ministry. I got to do youth ministry. I got to lead worship. I got to preach. I got to do things, and it's fun. Excellence is our pursuit. We want everything to be excellent. Somebody said, well, I don't know about all that nice stuff because they live in poverty. They have a skewed view. What are they going to do when the streets are paved with gold? And they're going down the highway, and it's gold dust blowing up in the back of the car. It's just too nice. I don't think I can. Well, there's either heaven or hell. Come on now. Come on. We need to believe for excellence, and we need to have excellence in our life. And, and, and that means it looks good. It smells good. It's clean. It's quality. You know, uh, the, the, and listen, the church 20, 25 years, 35 years ago, our church was 120 years old, and it wasn't much excellence there. We painted this and painted that and tried to clean this, but it's still old. And so, you know what? Thank God we got a beautiful building. Thank God we want to keep it nice, and we want excellence. And we did. We built another building, and we made it as excellent as we could. And we kept just bringing more excellence in, more and more and more, and have nice things. God wants you to have nice things as a church. But he also wants you to have nice things. Didn't say he'd make you a millionaire, but he said he'd make you comfortable and nice. Man, I can, you know, that was, we were talking about getting married. My vision was TP, living on the woods somewhere, but my wife had a different vision. <laughs> Brittany was looking at a, uh, at a tree house for us to go stay in on the weekend, and Patrick goes, I don't think that's Lolly approved. And no and the whole just got to looking at it. It was old, and they had an outdoor toilet. Now, she's, she's used one, but uh, anyway, won't go there. Children. Children are our legacy. Come on. It's generations. As, as, as Brad said, we want generations and generations of people to come and stay and learn about Jesus and launch them out and send out. You know we want to send people out? Come on. Have you ever thought about it? Not just our footprint being here, but our footprint being around the world. All those places we give, it gives us a footprint around the world. Some of them you may not like. Somebody said, I don't know about the Samaritan's Purse. You got to send $10 in with every box. What are they doing at $10? And then they go, oh, Ken the Copeland Ministry, they want them TV evangelists. They're getting thousands of people saved. Come on, when you get thousands of people saved, I'll start supporting you. Will. But look at what they're doing for the kingdom of God. They may be abrasive. They may be jerks, this, that, and the other. But if they're doing something for God, I want to I in on it. Amen. See, the thing about it is being independent as we are, we're, we're, we're not with a denomination. I can go over here and draw, oh, I like that. We need that. In, in, we, that's the kingdom of God. We need to bring that to Whitfield. And I can go over here and say, you know what? I like that. We need to bring this into the kingdom of God because we need that in Whitfield. I don't just judge, oh, well, they're Assembly of God, they're Baptists, they're, they're this, they're that. That's just the name man has. But if they're doing something for the kingdom of God, shoot, that's God. Recognize that's God. 
I don't care what your name is. I love people. I love God's people. And if they're doing something for God, huh, we want it. We want it here in Whitfield. We want it. If it'll change lives, if it'll bring deliverance, if it'll change people's hearts and lives, that's what we want. I want you to bow your heads real quick. We've just laid out who we are, where we're going, what we're doing, but we're going to take communion in just a second. But before we do, I want to ask you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him today? Come on and step into the door. Jesus said, I'll stand at your door and knock. Will you come and walk with me? If that's you today, if you want to accept Jesus, will you just lift your hand? Will you go to, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to walk away from. Will you just raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to accept Jesus. Come on, the Lord's dealing with you. <clears throat> Maybe you got saved a long time ago, got hurt in church. I see that hand. I see that hand. Maybe you got hurt in church. Maybe uh, you haven't been living for God. He still loves you. If that's you, say, you know, I need to come back. Will you raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. God loves you. I see your hands. God loves you. I see your hand, ma'am. God loves you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand real high. Come see me after service. I know the Lord's dealing with you. Let's pray. Will y'all pray with them? Say, Father, today I rededicate my life to live for Jesus, to follow what God has for me. Thank you, Lord, for taking me back. I love you. Thank you for your forgiveness and loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.